friends, you're listening to Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. I'm Sam Kasner. I'm joined by Joshua Morgan, and we are here to chat about that 1-1 tie on the road in New Jersey. Uh, Joshua, how you doing? I'm doing good. I, I did not make the road trip this this time for, you know, just personal health and mental health reasons. It's it's a, quite a slog up there, the New Jersey's. What was it, four, three, four hours up and then a, a soccer game uh, that's, that's always kind of stifling against Red Bull <laughs> and then a three, four hour drive back. Um, but you were there, Sam. How was that? It was quite an experience. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it'll be a, an interesting show today, I think, because I was uh, quite intoxicated, as you know. You mentioned the slog up. The real only way to deal with it uh, is to have some adult beverages. So um, we were having fun on the way up, having fun in the game. And then, as I understand it, the DC United feed kept getting cut. Yeah, yeah, we're all uh, and, and and so we're gonna try to piece it together for you guys. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> Some of you might have been up there with Sam, and then the rest of you were here with me. Uh, listen to Dave improv, on, and he does <laughs> su- such a good job. On, you know, always props to Dave and the broadcast crew. We don't know what what exactly happened in there, uh, but uh, hopefully we can piece it together and, and figure out what what exactly happened yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it was a, a game. To be clear, um, it, it was very physical, as as you can uh, typically expect from these matchups. Um, you know, they were announcing um, beforehand in the, the New Jersey stadium, um, they, were, they were trying to make it kind of big time. They're like, you know, big rivalry, um, you know, the black and red, um, the overall, um, sorry, matchup between us. Um, I mean, we're 36, 31 and 16. Um, so it's it's pretty even. We've got the slight lead. And then on the road, they were trying to make it sound um, how dominant New Jersey is at home against us. Um, but it, they're only 14, 17 and nine. So it's not like it's like a huge lead. And I'll say in, in past years, DC United has not always played the best against New Jersey too. So they, they were trying to kind of bolster themselves up to like the 80 fans in the stadium. Um, it, it just really <laughs> fell flat for me. Yeah. That, that's not impressive at all for a home record when you're, you're barely above 500 for, you know, wins versus losses. And yeah, uh, looking for the few shots that we did now, we, we, we got to see most of the game but <laughs> from the shots that we saw. It, it, it looked like, uh, it was about 50 50 dc united attendance versus yeah. <laughs> attendance uh uh it's always fun to, to, to poke fun at their attendance issues especially now that ours aren't as quite you know quite as dire <laughs> as they have been in the past i mean i know it's a little bit of an old joke too like it, it's a, a pretty easy jive um to give them but like it it was just empty and i know in dc you know um we have a little bit of a culture where um a lot of people don't always make it in for the um you know blow the game to start so sometimes people are trickling in and it maybe takes five or ten minutes Mm -hmm. before you can really get an idea of an attendance for the day so I kind of thought maybe this is the same thing let's give them some minutes to really get their you know people in the seats but uh it just really never happened for them um and I'll say it's almost disappointing pointing for me because Kamara scoring that PK in front of a full supporter section probably would have been a lot more enjoyable than him scoring it against the supporter section of a couple hundred. Yeah, you talk about a re- couple hundred Red Bull fans? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we can't skip past <laughs> into Kamara because Red Bull start off uh, ridiculously good. Uh, Donovan Pines, who maybe a little bit rusty coming back. Uh, we were happy to see when the lineups came out uh, that uh, Ariola and Pines have both returned to health or at least enough to, to make the start tonight. But there was definitely some rust uh, uh, throughout the whole squad, but specifically in the, what the, the sixth minute, I think. Uh, 
Pines gets a little push and, and maybe doesn't go, and, and the ball ends up slotted to Drew Yearwood, who, who puts it away. And, and I know we're all shaking and got our pitchforks ready for Kempin, but I, I, I don't think there was much that he could have done on that one. It's a shot from the top of the box goes goes into the corner. Yeah, um, yeah, it was rough for, for Donovan to have lost that. You can kind of see in the replay um, that Lasada is really arguing for the foul there. Um, but it is really the rest of the team. I mean, Yearwood was wide open at the top of the box, and you kind of see um, Drew Skundrick flying in, trying to, to really put his block the shot with his body. And I couldn't really tell the way the ball kind of moves. Could've. It looks like there was a deflection. Yeah. I don't really see where that would have happened in the shot. Um, but either way, yeah, I think, I mean – you're right. We should just have it on the thing. You know, maybe Bill scores it. He's usually good for one really phenomenal um, goal scoring save, yeah. um, goal saving save yeah. <laughs> um, a game. So, you know, maybe he gets there, but th- there is has been a lot of talk around Kempen and his abilities. And I, you're right. I don't think we can solely blame him for this one. Yeah, and then, yeah, it's kind of a choppy match. I thought, oh, no, here goes another DC United away game. Like, we're down. We might scrap back into one super late. Uh, but and, and it seemed to be going that way. I mean, Russell Canals kicks a guy in the face, and then <laughs> and that's when we lose coverage here in DC. So it was back and forth, it seemed. And then you want to walk us through what happened um, <laughs> to halftime? I mean, I would love to, um, but I, we were a little bit confused in the stands even. You know, you're right. It, it was a pretty choppy match. It was going back and forth. Um, <laughs> it was a, felt like a lot of, you know, digs to the face. I thought, I mean, the ref did a good job of kind of letting the rivalry play out. It never really got too extreme. Um, but you kind of want those in this match. You want everyone to be able to be a little bit choppy and a little extra aggressive. Um, and I'll be honest, you know, when if we're going to just move into, you know, the, the end of the half and the 84th minute um, when the PK was scored. 34th. Not not 84th, right? No, you're right. Is that what I said? <laughs> yeah, 44th. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, Kevin Paredes does Kevin Paredes thing, sends it to Paul, um, who, you know, takes the shot. It's deflected. You know, we're all cheering for the corner and then the ref kind of runs over to the VAR monitor and we're kind of wondering, we were like, is this for a PK? Is this for us? Like first we just didn't really know, like, was he looking at something else? Is this for a PK call? Um, We didn't really see it. Watching kind of the replay back, it looked like the players were immediately kind of asking for it. Um, but the way he walked away from the monitor, we were all like, he's calling it. He had that strut that was like, I'm about to make this big time decision. Um, he calls it and Ola does his Ola thing and buries it. I, I, I am getting, I don't know, this is pre pre, but Ola has been great from the spot this year and it's obviously him. We talked last game. Does he get in a penalty a game now? Yeah, it really it feels really like seems it. Like it. Yeah. <laughs> And that's just that's just what happens when you know you play on the front foot and, and you try to score and you take shots on goal, um, but yeah, he, last game he was ready, standing on the spot, and, and didn't get to see it. But I'm sure he had the same demeanor, and he does this. I like uh, Devin McDavid talked about it. It's almost like trademark now, where he stutters and goes to the left. And it, I don't know how many times he can keep doing that exact <laughs> sequence until someone figures out. I mean, he's right footed, so maybe he could. Yeah, but. I trust him. I'm not going to put it in doubt. He's he's bearing away 13th in the in the Golden Boot race. He does not score for the rest of the game. No one scores for the rest of the game. Yeah. But, uh, I, we got to give him props for for making the penalties. Uh, I know some people think they should count as half or they don't really count the same. But 
look, man, don't foul our players in the box. Don't block their <laughs> shots with their hands. The guy that was the, the highlights that we were watching were the Red Bull guy. And he was trying to argue that, the, I mean, natural positions, the guy's arm was like wide, wide out and blocked a shot. So, yeah, uh, I, I think they're, they're deserved. And, and Kamara benefits from being the striker on a team that generates his chances now, you know, and, and this is what. I'll take some time to do it. But this is what I thought was going to happen last year. We didn't generate enough chances. We generate chances now, and whether they're from the spot or uh, quite a few from the run of play for Kamara as well, uh, I'm, I'm very happy to see it. And, and it's great to be back in the game there right before halftime. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, we were, we were feeling great, kind of feeling like there was an energy. Maybe, you know, we'd finally get this one. We'd get that road win. And we definitely had the opportunities. We had much better opportunities um, in the second half than uh, New Jersey had. And, I mean, even when you look overall, D.C. United had a majority of possession, which is not typical of an away team, right, especially in a rivalry match. Um, so we definitely had our chances, specifically one that I know everyone – is calling out and really, really frustrated with um, is that Jordi Reina header. <laughs> uh, and and uh, some people, maybe rightfully, have been criticizing Gressel for his performances the past few weeks. I, I, I don't know. I don't see it. But the guy just puts one or two up a game that should go. And he had one one in the ha- in the first half that probably a better header puts it away. And then, and then yeah, this one from Jordi Reina. Red will do it. It wasn't even a, it wasn't a great cross. But the guy, the, the Gressel puts in these decent chances. 20 times a game or 15 times a game or something like that. He's leading – he's in the top five MLS and that kind of stat. But he he puts it across. Red Bull don't clear it. It bounces and goes far post. Uh, and Jordi committed early to, to head diving – the diving header. And he, he – I, I thought it was harder for him to miss it than, than to make it, and he definitely missed it. <laughs> um, could have stolen us three there. And, and, and we talked a little bit, or I, I talked a little bit at the beginning about Rust uh, and on, the, on the Donovan Pines goal. Uh, I, I think there's got to be some of that because Yordi three weeks ago, he buries that. He was on fire. I, I had to eat some words. I, I think we all kind of had to take a step back and be like, oh, wait, Yordi Reyna might be good. Uh, and not saying that this one chance changes all that. Uh, he still, I, I still hope that he gets back in, in the form. Uh, but yeah, he, he was maybe a little bit rusty on that one. Uh, it's yeah. a tough one. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, those are kind of the major highlights of the game. We'll definitely get into more uh, specifics after listening to the uh, post-game press conference. You know, we did kind of skip around. Um, Kempen did have some pretty decent saves. You know, Jersey did have a couple other opportunities. Um, I think those were our major points. Do you have anything else before we listen to Lasada? I'm really interested to hear what he has to say about this one. I mean, as as probably the the only sober person to see the whole game, <laughs> I, I'm very excited <laughs> to hear Lasada's thoughts. All right. So uh, now, as I said, we'll turn it over um, to the recording of last night's post game press conference, starting off with Coach Hernan Lasada. Hey, Coach. You all set? Yeah. Before, before we take questions, Coach, anything you want to say? I can, I can give a quick recap of the game and my thoughts. Um, obviously, it was a bad start, giving a goal away in a situation where 95% of the of the referees would whistle a foul. Still, there is a 5% where you could let play, but later on, where another faults were very similar and then he was choosing to to whistle and, and give a foul. So unfortunately, 
this time uh, he let the, the, the play go on and, and we considered a goal. So we start after a few minutes already losing a game in, in, in a situation where, you know, against the Red Bulls playing on the road, uh, it's going to be hard. And then they gave us the ball. There was a lack of um, calm and, and patience on the ball. I think the, the quicker we could circulate the ball, the more space it could be, especially on the, on the wings. But the opponents started to know how we play more and more. And obviously, they were very short on, on Julian. Uh, and we didn't have the capacity of Andy behind to, to escape uh, that moment of pressure. So the game starts to be uh, a typical game where there are a lot of long balls and you have to try to win the second ball. So obviously the game was not the nicest to watch, but I have to remark that uh, it's not easy to come back and we did it again and not based on, on the play and on the quality of the play, but based on the chances, we need to win this game. Once again, the, during the first half, we had the biggest opportunities and on the second half, the same. Uh, so uh, it's a pity um, because we came here for the three, but at the end, I think it's a good point on the road. Um, during the last stretch of games, 11 games to go, you have to be smart and when you can win, you need to, to take that point and, and think about uh, all the home games that still are coming up. Thank you, coach. We'll go to Steve Goff first. Thanks, John. Um, were you you mentioned the uh, the ability to create some chances. You must have been encouraged by the team uh, continuing to go forward to, to pick up a little momentum after scoring the goal. And the goals didn't come, but did you like what was in uh, in the buildup? No, I didn't like it, but I, I knew it was going to be ugly. I knew it was going to be a game about uh, duels and 50-50 balls and and you need to think quicker and you need to have a solution in your head before you get the ball because that's the way New York Red Bulls play. And, and we also knew it was a team with a little bit of lack of confidence due to the, to the results. Uh, but when you give them the advantage and the possibility to come up in the score, then it becomes a different game. And, and still, I think we, we create enough opportunities and the balance based on opportunities, based on scoring chances, based on danger in the opponent goal, uh, we create a lot more than them. Uh, so uh, it's, it's not an easy game, especially for the forwards, for the creative players. Uh, it gets very physical. You need to be prepared. You need to sometimes make a lot of runs in behind instead of running the, asking the ball short because you know they're coming and that's what they like, short passes to to put us under pressure. So yes, it was ugly, but at the end, I think it's a good point uh, looking forward. We'll go to Jason Anderson. Uh, hi, Arnon. Thanks for speaking with us. Um, I, I wanted to ask about the return of both Donovan Pines and Paul Ariola. Uh, Donovan, I know, hadn't played for a couple of months. Um, just their their overall play, in your opinion, given the the amount of time that they have missed and the time between games for them? I think both did it well, knowing from where they're coming. Uh, once again, in, on the first goal, maybe it can be a fault, 
So I, I don't blame Donny. Uh, he knows what to do next time. But apart from that specific moment, Donovan played a good game, very physical, winning a lot of duels, very solid on the 1v1. I think in general, the three center backs did very well today. Um, and, and Paul, well, Paul is trying to, to find back his best fitness, to try to be consistent and to try to don't miss any game anymore uh, until the end of the season. Uh, so it's about keeping a balance. It's about taking care of him. Um, and we know how important Paul is for our team. So uh, once again, this is a hard game for forwards and for creative players. Uh, for light, quick players like him, like Jordi, uh, like Kevin. So it's a tough one to play, and both did it well. We'll go back to Steve Goff. Renan, what did, what did you think of Jordi's chance down near the end with that, uh, that diving header? Yeah, it's an open chance. You know, it's a chance that you can't miss. But, well, Jordi scored an incredible free kick against Atlanta and two beautiful goals against Columbus. You can't blame him. Missing chances is part of, of, of this sport. And, uh, and it is like that. It was, was probably the biggest opportunity in the second half. And if that goes in, you go back with three. Now it's only one. No problem. Uh, we will try harder next time. And now try to reload the energy and keep the focus on our next game. A very important one at Audi Field. On Wednesday, we'll recover our internationals. We have more numbers. So super positive and, and very enthusiastic to everything that's coming up. Coach, one more question. We'll go to Jose Umato. Jose. Thank you, Coach, for your time. I wanted to ask about your substitutions. Um, you, you brought in Felipe and Avila in the 63rd. What were you looking to get out of them, and what did you think uh, when you added those substitutions? Did you feel that you got what you wanted out of it, considering that you didn't have another sub until the 87th? So what did you think about their performances, and did you feel that you got what you needed? It's once again, it was a very close game, a very tough one. I think the subs did it well. Like most of the games, they come in, it's never easy to come in from the bench. I've been there, so I know how hard it is. Um, Drew Scandridge had a yellow card, so it was a little bit more for to be precautious with him. And I think Felipe came in with the right energy, the right mentality, like he always does. And um, knowing the type of game we are going through, and the fact that both teams were playing more long balls, I thought with two targets instead of one, having Ola and having also uh, Ramon, uh, which also who also deserves minutes based on the last performances. Uh, I also think he 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 did he did well. He had some opportunities. Was a lot of fighting, uh, a lot of uh, rough moments. But, well, Paul, we knew from where he was coming and 60 minutes, I think, was a good amount of minutes for him uh, to come back and, and get his fitness um, back on track. Coach, that's it. Thank you. Bye. All right. Again, that was uh, coach, head coach Renan Lasada um, chatting about our tie up in New Jersey. Um, I've got a couple thoughts about what he said, but Joshua, I'll, I'll turn it over to you first. What stuck out to you? Uh, something very specific that he that he pointed out was the the lack of having a player like Andy Nahar behind Gressel, and and that was super interesting. I think, man, and I didn't bring this up to bring this up, but 
Uh, I think a couple weeks ago I talked about how basically Andy Nahar is a, a center back slash wing back, and that allows Gressel to be higher up the field. And, and Ernan talked about how Red Bull were able to be a little bit more tough on, on Gressel. I think that's what he meant, uh, and, and it made a harder night for him. So, yeah, it, it's interesting that uh, you know we, we saw some chances from Gressel tonight, but, uh, but uh, clearly uh, Ernan was looking for a little bit more and, and missed Andy and out, out there and, and thankful that we get to have him back on Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Sam? Um, no, I think that's a great point. Um, Andy has become such a key player for us. Um, he and destroyed the men's national team for the did. first <laughs> half, at least the first half, at least. The other I night. was also going to mention that. Yeah, obviously, uh, we love that, uh, the USMNT got their first three points in qualifying, but Andy Nahar was probably the best person on the field, which is crazy. It's 2021. And I'm saying that, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> feels like we're talking about like 10, seven years ago, but, um, yeah, I, th- I think he's become such an important piece in our team and and you could feel that we didn't have that um that attack even like that confidence that like swag right that he brings onto the field it's it's been so fun to see yeah and man i miss an andy and then there was a little bit of talk about the the foul or not a foul on donovan pines and then uh, these are just general gripes about ref <laughs> <refing> from Osada <laughs> that I, I think we're starting to become used to. He's he's always vouching behind his guys, yeah. pushing for a more fair uh, contest. But uh, yeah, he, he talked a little bit how Donovan Pines, why was that one not called, and others later in the match were, or you know, uh, vice versa. And so, kind of what I saw in, in the Reddit chat, I got to watch this game from home, so I had Reddit up in one <laughs> tab and the game on the on the on the screen, but. Uh, Donovan Pines, man. Uh, I, I chalked it up to, to Russ in the beginning of the, of the show, but what, how are we feeling about Donovan Pines' performances for DC United of late? I mean, he, he hasn't really been playing of late, right? Like, this is his, his first game. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. And I'm probably getting jumping the gun here a little bit, but it, it seems like, uh, you know, we, we got this, this guy, homegrown, a couple years ago now, right? Yeah. Second or third season? I, I think say it's his third season because he was injured out for his second. So I don't yeah, know if that he really was like counts, technically with Loudon for the yeah. first part of that one too. But yeah, we got this guy that was such a, such a huge raw talent. And uh, it, it kind of seems like there's the mistakes. That, and Lasada said that this was like a one-time thing. Pines has learned from it. But there was a very similar, well, maybe not similar, but also used that excuse against NYCFC earlier in the year when Donovan uh, was beat one-on-one twice uh, on, on the goal to go ahead for NYCFC. And uh, guys, it's, it's tough. We, we, we thought we had a crisis of too many good center backs earlier in the year, but uh, now Heinz Eich is out, uh, Pines rusty and, and injured. Uh, 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 something to keep an eye on, I think. And, and I'm, I was super high on, on Pines. I, I think he's a, he's a great guy. Um, and so I'm rooting for him, but uh, I'll be keeping an eye out and see how he progresses there. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think and with the special about Steve Birnbaum, it's, it's kind of, it's easy to take those guys for granted. The, the center backs in the back that just do the job. Right. Uh, but, uh, cause Steven came in and then he was just there. Right. And he, he does his job and he maybe has an error, maybe, you know, a few times a season or so, but, but nothing bad, uh, yeah, so uh, developing a center back in this league is kind of different. They, they don't get all the, the spotlight and, and limelight that all other players do, but I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on that and, and rooting for Donovan as we go forward. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, that is an interesting point. You know, he came in and he was this this raw talent, right? Like he he 
made mistakes, but he was able to cover for them. And he's super tall, and we were kind of excited about also what he brings, you know, in, in the opposition's box, because I guess as a DC United fan, you kind of want your forwards or your defenders to score a bunch. Our forwards don't score, so we always count on our center backs. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Again, maybe, right, like getting too comfy with Stephen Burma, what he's been able to bring to the table. Um, but, yeah, he was this super raw talent, and we – we're excited about his progression, but maybe there has been a little bit of a stagnation and a little bit of him maybe still learning the game and learning how to play at this professional level. You know, I hate to bring up that uh, Gold Cup game, but it was it was not a good look for him, right? Yeah. Um, and it, he was just kind of felt a little bit out of his element. Um, and you'd hope that he can make that jump. So I wonder if maybe, you know, I mean, he knows he didn't play well. So I wonder if that's maybe in the back of his head as he's kind of working through these things. Yeah, and this is a lot. I'm not trying to bury Donovan Pines here. Who scored actually gave man of the match to him? Uh, stuff I didn't see, and not saying that who scored is wrong. I just literally <laughs> didn't see on the match. Uh, so he might have been snuffing stuff out <laughs> in the gaps. But uh, another point someone brought up on Reddit was that, uh, you know, he spent his developmental years at Maryland and not in the D.C. United team. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's kind of a stark contrast to the Paredes come up soon. Paredes is still younger than Pines was when he got to the team. And so maybe that's an aspect of it. And maybe, you know, just more, you know, build the picket fence sign, like use our academy, please, because <laughs> it's worked out. Paredes, who didn't have a great night last night, I thought, and I know that'll, that'll hurt you a little bit. But, uh, yeah, we're just rooting for these guys and rooting that our, our guys, you know, our younger guys develop. Uh, it's, it's, it's always something to keep an eye on, and it's fun and exciting to watch these guys develop. Yeah, absolutely. That's oh. all I, I really have on Losadas. Do you have anything else from his? Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting. He made one comment um, that stuck out to me, and he said, you know, teams are, are starting to figure out how we play, and they're starting to figure out how to play against that. You know, at the beginning of the season, we had that element of surprise, and you can know, yeah, he's going to play a high-press style, but the way that he uses his personnel to do that, right, you can catch teams off guard when that's brand new. Um, but teams are starting to figure it out now. You can tell the way that the other, te other teams approach games against us, that they have a little bit better idea about how to defend and how to, um, press and really take advantage of our weaker moments. Um, so I think now's the point where we kind of really see what type of coach Lasada is and he, he's got this style and it's fun and we know what he wants to do, but is he going to be able to adapt with the team and change within game circumstances to keep the other team on their toes. And that's kind of the second part of learning the system, right? You learn the yeah. system, you just learn what you're supposed to do. And we've heard it in other games too, that, you know, he wasn't able to communicate kind of in game, the changes he wants to see made. And we're getting to that point where he really needs to be able to do that at this point. I, I think you're, that's all absolutely fair and, and correct. Yeah. It's learn the style and then be able to, slightly change it depending on your matchup. That's what Bruce Arena does better than anyone else. And I feel like I've brought Bruce up like the last. <laughs> but guys, look where the Rebs are. The Rebs. Look where the Rebs are. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, you're right. And, and But the ch I think the challenge for DC United the year, this year in that aspect, and that's why I'm not uh, – I was talking uh, to James Lambert, of course, and brought James <laughs> up the past few episodes as well. But uh, it'll be – I think this year one is going to be different than, than year two and year three. But right now, Lasada's – having to change his game plan based on personnel too much to, to even try to maybe even get to the point where he's adapting to other teams or, or adding little nuances to stuff. He talked about Andy Nahar missing and Paul's back for the first time in a, 
forever. Like it, it seems my hope and, and yeah, my hope is that he's able to get there. But honestly, I think it's almost more important just to get the main guys together for a few games. Even if we don't adapt to every little nuance of an, an, another team, if so long as we play our style, Lasada mentioned it, we're still getting the chances that we need to be putting away. Those, those chances are still there. We probably should have won this game. Uh, despite Red Bulls playing their weird, we don't want the ball. We're going to hurt you and play physical uh, style. I, we should have still came out on top. We created the chances. They just didn't go in the back of the net today. And, and you know, that's that's rust. That's injuries. That's international break, um, which hopefully they, those all can be resolved and we can we can steam through the rest of the season. So do you think it's quality of striker? Because yes, Ola is scoring crazy goals, right? But we we even mentioned a lot of a lot of them have been PKs. Um, you know, Jordi has been tearing it up these past few games. But you know, you really need those people who come up in these big moments against your rival away and can secure you those important three points that move you up in the table. Um, so you know, this transfer window is going to be big. I think it's going to really be the first time that uh, Lucy rushed in. Oh, has yeah. an opportunity to work with this team and we can see what she can bring in. Um, yeah, yeah. But do you think that needs to be another striker? I I, I think we're, we're past that. And, and that kind of goes into the, the year one, year two, not just tactically what Lozada does, but the players that he and Lucy find to bring in this team. But I, I think we're past looking at personnel. We, we can't change. We, we got what we got now, right? The, the window's closed for, for the year. It's either Ola or Abelia or Reina or God, who knows? <laughs> uh, Steve Burmom. I, I guess. <laughs> Hopefully we don't have to go that far down the depth chart, but uh, I, I think you, you got to stick with Ola. He's the second best in the league right now behind Rudy Diaz. Who cares? Rudy Diaz takes PKs too. Um, and so I, I'm behind Ola. Yeah. Would I love to see a 20 something plus goal season i think we still might get 20 for ola and then yeah it's about areola coming on and he earned a pk in this one so it's a good game for him but areola coming on and scoring or arena making finishing those chances or flores like being a participant on this team <laughs> and, and <laughs> playing stuff, at all <laughs> and stuff like that he's, he's rightfully out of this game was with peru yeah i think their game was on thursday he might not have left till friday but um We'll probably see him Wednesday night, but yeah, I, I think at this point we we, we just we have our guys and, and they're doing decent and, and they could do better, which is a good sign that we know that they, they could probably be yeah. doing better uh, like, and are capable or more. Yeah, so maybe another way to phrase the question is: Should we be concerned that we're not getting these goals primarily through run of play? Mm, no, I, I think the PKs we've been getting have been PKs earned by pressure on the box, and I think those are repeatable things that will continue to happen. Maybe, yeah, maybe obviously for big games you'd like to be scoring from the run of play five times a game uh, going into those, but uh, I, I'm not too concerned about it. I, I think I think some time with everyone healthy and everything will get us where we need to be. And if you're talking about going into MLS Cup playoffs, like, uh, are we feeling good about that? I mean, probably not, but I was never going <laughs> to feel good uh, uh, unless DC United just, like, literally signed Messi. I was never going to feel good about our chances. I mean, they signed Rooney before. It was, a, it was There was a chance. <laughs> uh, but the, unless they completely spent crazy amounts of money, which uh, – Anyways, if that that wasn't going to happen this year. We were going to have some MLS guys and maybe a DP or two, but that, that wouldn't have fundamentally changed how successful this team is uh, at scoring goals. They're doing a lot better 
uh, their their entertainment graphic that they posted on online about yeah. being eighth in MLS and shots or or whatever was kind of silly, but they they are attacking uh, way more than any other DC United team I've seen in the past. So I, I'm okay with it. It's just going to be about getting getting healthy and getting in sync and 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 getting a role here in the last part of the season. That's all you need. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I would personally like to see us score a little bit more um, outside the run of play. You're right. We're absolutely earning the PKs. Um, and I'm not going to take away from the fact that we need to also be burying those. Right. But I just think, you know, teams can need to know how to score. Right. And players need to know how to score and they need to learn how to really take advantage of those opportunities and then use that momentum and continue learning how to score and then kind of just go off on a tear. Um, so I'd like to to see that more. Um, and my kind of first thought about the the press conference and tactically wise um, kind of leads into my second one is he he really seemed OK with a point away, um, which is a little bit of a change of a tone. Yeah. Yeah. He, he talked about wanting three and coming out for three. And then he was like, but this is basically but this is fine. And, yeah. and that was the sentiment that I saw on Twitter and read it. Yeah. Amongst fans. Uh, look, guys, and I don't want to sum this up in one speech, but I thought about this a decent amount last night is when we start winning these games away. Like that's when you start getting ready for another star. Like if in MLS, if as long as you're winning, like winning a decent amount of home games, which we are right now, we're yeah. winning a decent amount of home games. And like, you win the occasional or you know every other road game, you're going to MLS Cup or you're going to make a long playoff run unless something bad happens. Um, so yeah, uh, it's good that we came away from this feeling that hey, we should have gotten more. Like that's the, what a sign of those times, right? Remember when we were stoked that we like Sorga deflected shot <laughs> and we actually won one but it was like completely luck and we all kind of knew it no no this one we came in and we felt like we were the better team we deserve to be winning these kind of games and, and that's huge uh the next step is like getting to the point where we're actually doing that and i think once we do that yeah we're not talking about being six in the playoff like we are right now we're talking about home playoff games and doing really well so yeah i, I think it's a great point we can talk about it more if you want but i think dc united getting a draw on the road is, is not a, a travesty and, and and they should have maybe gotten more, but that's okay. Oh, not at all. I, I completely agree um, that a point on the road, right? This time last year, we probably would have like punched our friends in the face for, um, we, we definitely would have been desperate for that. Um, it did feel like we got, could have pushed for those two more points. Um, and I'd, I, I don't know. You're right. I think as a fan base, everyone's kind of okay with it. I'll be interested to like, can you hear the players' perspective, um, which we're about to kind of transition to. Um, we're gonna hear from DC United's Russell Kanaus. All good. All right. We'll go to Steve Goff first. Steve. Hey, Ross. Thanks for your time. Um, hey, Steve. What, what was your uh, What were your overall thoughts on uh, the match? It seems like guys had some really quality chances to win win this game um what what was your takeaway from it yeah I, I think uh overall pretty tough game it's always a tough environment coming to uh red bull but um you know it was a good effort from the team to come back get that goal before halftime i think that was big for uh the men mental side of the game uh, a little frustrating with the the first goal but overall we competed um you know, didn't create as many chances as we wanted to and as in past games, but overall the level of commitment was there. 
um, but still a little disappointed not to get three points from from the game. We'll go to Jason Anderson. Hi, Russell. Thanks for speaking with us tonight. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask a little about uh, the attempt to build out of the back, especially once you know they get the early goal, they can kind of sit deep and set up that their three uh, up front kind of between the back four and the midfield. Um, what were you guys looking to do to maybe adjust to that as the game went on to sort of not have to be direct uh, as often? Yeah, I think uh, it was important to swing the ball quick within the back three, um, try to get the ball to our wing backs quick, see if we could switch switch a field, which we were able to start to find that rhythm, I think, after their goal. Um, you know, towards the end of the first half, I think we were able to switch the ball a couple of times and, and get a little bit of more possession in their half. Second half became a little bit more hectic and, and tough to do that. Um, but, you know, the goal was to try to swing it fast, uh, switch the side of play, and then, and then look vertical from there. And then on, on the defensive side as well, our usual win the ball and, and attack. And I think a lot of those, we actually won the ball quite a few times in situations like that and probably could have played them, played them a bit cleaner. Um, but the opportunities were there still. We'll go back to Steve Goff. Russ, now that the, uh, the international breaks over, I got back into it today. Um, how now do you see uh, the next few weeks or how, how do you hope to see the next few weeks unfold as, as players get back? You seem to be getting a little bit healthier. The, the, the chemistry has been there and seems to be getting stronger. Yeah, I think you made a good point with, with being healthy. Um, I think that's an important time for us now to have, have the numbers back and have a full strength roster because obviously we have 11 games and, and it's in a short schedule, so we'll need everyone. Um, also, you know, the national team guys coming back, hopefully they come back with confidence, um, should be proud that they represented their national team, but obviously hopefully they can come back now and, and put their focus towards DC and, and towards us um, getting back in the rhythm. Uh, this was a good game to a fast paced, fast paced game to get back into the rhythm after two weeks. It's a tough game uh, to, to get back into after a weekend off. But um, yeah, we're looking forward to the next 11 games and, and hopefully we can um, move up the table. Ross, that's it, man. Thank you for your time. Thank you guys. See ya. All right. That was uh, DC United's midfielder, Russell Knauss, um, chatting about our tie against New Jersey anything stick out to you from what he said uh, not for me it was, it was just normal I know Goff tried to get a little play-by-play -play from him that was, <laughs> that was somewhat interesting anything from you um no I mean we, we talked about just like the tactical of it all and I'm, I'm sure every player can do this for every team right but I enjoy listening to the players talk about the tactics that they um bring out onto the field and their goals and the way that those shift within game you know we talked a little bit about how the team is doing that um, but I loved that question to him, and I, I thought it was interesting the way he answered it and kind of trying to, to send balls out wide because we know that's our strength, right? Send it out to Gressel. You know, he'll try to put it in for you. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, if we – when Andy comes back, if that's that's more prominent uh, and if Paredes can continue to, to develop and maybe get some of that assisting. I hope he's learning from Gressel in training because uh, coming from both ways, we'd, we'd have defenders' heads spinning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Russell mentioned it. We are heading into uh, a fast and furious <laughs> schedule of games um, coming up. It's it's really the final push. Um, right now, D.C. United are um, sixth, kind of tied with seventh with Montreal. 
um, which is right on the end of the playoff line. Um, so what do you think? You know, we've talked about just getting guys back, um, you know, really getting momentum, everyone staying healthy. Um, but do you have anything to add? What do you think we really need to be doing in this final stretch of games to see this team into the playoffs? Yeah, uh, 11 games left. I, tr- I tried to, like, peek and see what the quality of those teams uh things happen so those teams will be you know you never know what the matchup will be that day but uh it looks like we have some of the more tougher teams than than easy teams but it's it's about fair and and so it's all about going out there and and i think just if we continue to win games at home and and be competitive on the road i I think we're going to be good uh i'm just going to keep harping on healthy inform uh russell mentioned confidence is is very important hopefully uh, especially for like a number 10 that just went down to his national team. <laughs> there's, there's some confidence there. I saw a couple Instagram posts from his time there. It looked like he was enjoying it. So yeah, just, just healthy confidence and, and getting back in sync with everyone as a group. I, I think it's, uh, those are the keys to this, this last little sprint. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and figuring out those away wins. Cause you know, we're, we're on the line right now. Um, we've got some tough competition coming up. I don't know if we're going to be able to slot into a, getting a, a home game yeah. right off the bat. So it will be very important to, to figure out because, you know, we've, we've got a little bit of an Achilles heel when it comes to first, <laughs> first round of playoffs. Yeah, it's tough. And, and look, I'm still, still hoping that we hang on for, I think uh, any sort of playoff position is a success for this team, especially coming down the road. But I, 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 I was doing the math, Sam, if Ola scores a hat trick on Wednesday, he could score four away in Atlanta and get to 20 while we're down there. Okay. And yep. Very doable. <laughs> you talked about our forwards finishing. Now I'm just, I'm just joking. But uh, to bring it up just for the millionth time, I, I think Ola will hit 20. There's okay. 11 games left. He needs seven goals to get there. And he's scoring a goal every, what, 80 minutes or something like that. Uh, as long as he's healthy and, and the team gets together. And, and I really do think uh, once this is the time, and, and we've kind of talked about it all season, like, oh, it'll be okay. Like, as long as we're tactically good at, at halfway, we'd be fine. And then we got to halfway and we were a little bit injured and stuff. And we were like, as long as we're healthy for the last push, we'll be fine. And, <laughs> and this is it. This is the last push now, uh, 11 games. And like you said, they're going to come quick and fast. So, just remaining healthy. I think the team knows what they're doing out there. They have an identity. Breon's talking about it to, to at length. Uh, that's key. It's going to be fast and loose, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I can't wait because uh, now is when playoff implications and everything. We're, we're not only watching our game very intently, but we're also got, like, our phones down by our side, tracking <laughs> is Columbus, goal differential, all that nonsense. It's, it's a lot of fun. Absolutely, yeah. Um you know, b- before we kind of sign off for today, um, one thing I want to ask you is how you think Skundrick's been doing, because um, he came under a lot of heat at the beginning of the season. A lot of people questioned him coming up. Um, as you all know, he came up from Loudoun. Um, a lot of people didn't quite think he's ready, and I think he plays in one of those positions that it's it's very apparent when he's not doing a good job, and when he is doing a good job, he's not. it's not flashy, right? It's making those important tackles and, you know, maybe not getting the credit he deserves. Um, I think he has improved throughout the season, I've been I've been working on I, I listen to quite a number of other soccer podcasts and I've been trying to listen to how they criticize players but nicely because you know, like these are still human beings uh, I I think Skundrick not a good setup for what you're about to say I, I, I think it's a fair setup <laughs> I, I I just don't know if I've seen Skundrick establish himself at this level how about that that's a very nice way of saying <laughs> that that maybe I, I I think he's better than Loudon. Um, 
I, I think he's shown that he's somewhat competent at this level. It kind of reminds me of, man, uh, a couple guys like Jared Jeffrey, like showed yeah. signs of being like capable, but yeah, it's a midfield position. We have like four internationals that can play that position uh, at, at, you know, different levels. And so Skundrick is kind of, he's been a guy that we've been able to put in games like this and, and he does the job a little bit uh, or does the job for the most part. Uh, but maybe it lacks that little bit of like flair or just like, I'm better than Eunice that, yeah. that you can sometimes see by midfielders in this league uh, or, you know, uh, Russell Canals has it every now and then. Like yeah. Russell Canals will get hot and just be dominant in the midfield or, or you know, sometimes Moreno will have a, a, a lights out game where he goes kind of unheard of, but he, he controls the game. Uh, I don't know if we've ever seen that from Skundrick and, and we've kind of, I don't, it doesn't, doesn't take just one game. So I don't know. It, it feels like, he deserves a spot on the roster. Maybe, maybe not one of the, like the top eighteen ones, but yeah. But he's been a good piece. What okay. about you? Yeah. Are you excited, Mister Sunshine? <laughs> I um by no means do I think he's like a starter on this team. But you're right; he's like a solid option to come in in these moments. Um, I don't think he's like by far our weakest link, and I don't think I would expect him to lose us a game at this point, right? And I think that was a little bit toward the beginning of the season um there there was a little bit of nerves but I think he he has been working really hard and established himself um a little bit more again to be able to come in and at least not make that game losing mistake um and I brought it up because Lasada specifically said you know we wanted to bring Drew out because he was sitting on that yellow card um and he did come out I think um yeah it was in the earlier substitution round in the 63rd minute um so to me you know, that kind of means you expect him to kind of keep going hard and keep playing for the team. And you want to, as a coach, you know, manage him and teach him in those moments. Um, but it sounded like Lasada was still kind of expecting hard play from him. Yeah. And, and he seems like one of those players and getting back into college football, there's always like that, like dorky little, I mean, not that Skundrick is a skinny <laughs> white, <laughs> smaller guy, but there's always that guy on the college football team that's nowhere near as big or, but he's like a, a coach's player, right? He like studies, does what he has to, has a lot of like good faith built up with the coach. And that's kind of what I think Skundrick has with Lasada right there. He, he trusts him to put him on the field when maybe not as a first choice, but you know, uh, going forward, um, you know, in, in case emergency arrives, I, I kind of just don't think that we're in that part of the season anymore. Um, so I'd be a little bit worried. Like if we're putting Skundrick out in the playoff, I don't have too high of hopes. Yeah. Um, if we're putting him out in a game where there's playoff implications, like which is going to be almost every game coming up here soon. Uh, I don't know if I love that. But yeah, I mean, sometimes you need a guy like that to, yeah. to fill in the gaps. Yeah. Good. Good way to put it. He needs to fill in the gaps. Um so now I'm going to turn our attention to a little bit more positive, and I can see that you already have your mind made up. So, Joshua, who was your man of the match for last night? Look, I, I didn't get to see too much of the game, so I have to go with the guy who I didn't even get to see score, Ola Kamara, um, just because if I pick him, maybe he'll keep scoring, and then maybe <laughs> we'll keep getting points out of games. Uh, I really do think he's going to get 20 this year. I think if you wrote those two things on, on paper, his goal scoring tally from last season and his goal scoring tally from this season, you would assume that we like before you like in 2019 and you had no knowledge, you would assume that 
we signed like a DP number 10 or like Lucho came back and was like not whiny and like played his heart <laughs> out um, or, or that DC United hired one of the best coaches ever and not saying that we did all three of those things or any one of those things but uh, it's it's been an incredible turnaround for Ola and maybe the penalty is just a PK but uh, I'll, I'll give my props to him just as long as he keeps scoring goals. I didn't see any particularly great performances out there, um, which is kind of not not. Uh, it's a scrappy game, so yeah. it's always going to be like that. Uh, I'll shout the Donovan Pine who who scored really well and who scored. I didn't see that, but maybe yeah. some of you guys at home did. Yeah, so mine's gonna be a little rough. Don't at me. I was think I was really thinking about it during the game Kevin yesterday. Kevin did not have a good no. Game, it's so. no. That, that's not my pick. <laughs> um. I, I was really thinking about it during the game, and I mean, I, I think we'd be remiss. We haven't mentioned it yet. It was 9-11, right? Um, it feels like we play in New Jersey 9-11 every single year, um, and they always kill it, you know, with the commemorative TIFO. So I, I do want to shout them for it. Um, leading into my comment of, you know, they had the special numbers, um, which were great and looked really pretty up close, but far away. It was really, really hard to make out the bottom part, most of the number white. Yeah. is was white on the white jersey it was pretty difficult to uh make out who the players were we were definitely all being tested with our facial recognition um in the stands um so i'm gonna say russell Knaus, and i don't really know why i just know that yesterday while i was really drunk and thinking about it i thought that russell was playing really well okay so well. that's my <laughs> <laughs> that's my pick <laughs> solid solid Maybe I'm totally off. I have no idea, but uh, that's my pick. Yeah, he did. He did kick a Red Bull player in the face, so he does. Do, <laughs> Man of the a year. Lot of, a, lot of, a lot of props for and that. And he got away with it, so <laughs> was not red carded out. Um, awesome. So I think that unless you have any final um, comments, I love. I mean, obviously, we love being able to go right after the game with our uh, post game shows, but I. I do love when we don't go right after the game because it gives us more time in between the press conference to really talk at the length that we want to go to and we really get a, to get in depth like we like we can, just an aside for me. Is there anything else that you want to say before we kind of wrap up for today? No, no I think you covered it. I, I, I'm super excited for Wednesday, and maybe this is like the first thing you were going to talk about, but DC United host Chicago. Guys, like I've been offered free tickets through work, through like this <laughs> random guy on the street. Like, the <laughs> tickets are available. I, I know it's a Wednesday game. Against uh, a 12th place Chicago. <laughs> but these are games that matter. And I mentioned there's some easier teams on the schedule still. This is definitely one of them. Everyone's going to be back from international, so it should be super fun. Uh, be at this game so that in the playoffs it's not your first game in the season or, or whatever that nonsense. <laughs> I don't know if those people even watch would probably not be listening to a DC United podcast, but you know. definitely make it out. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think this is p the fun part of the year. Um, yeah. Super excited for that game. It is a really important game. You know, you mentioned this is the time of the year when you start looking at everyone else in the table and where they are. Um, we mentioned earlier we're tied with Montreal right at the end of the line. Um, and they also play on Wednesday and they play against Orlando who's in third. Um, so definitely an opportunity to put some distance between um, us and kind of the end of the line right yeah. above us is Philadelphia with just a couple more. Uh, just, I think one more point. It's just our personalities there. But Sam was looking up. I was looking down Atlanta on 30 points right on <laughs> seventh. Yeah. Seventh. Uh, yeah. And we played them on the weekend. So they, they actually tied us in points, but we had the game in hand, got a point. Uh, so otherwise we would have been tied for that last playoff spot. Uh, I think Atlanta will get in the playoffs. Uh, I think they're they're rounding out, and hopefully we can start to round out too. Uh, so also looking forward to that game. 
on, on Saturday will yeah. be in attendance. So above us, well, before we get there, above us is Philadelphia, um, who plays on Sunday against Orlando City, who hopefully um, beat Montreal and then are kind of tired, or I guess, and then can also charge ahead and beat Philadelphia. So we can kind of overcome them too and just have a little bit uh, more wiggle room. But um, yeah, we're excited for that Wednesday match. But as you mentioned, looking forward uh, to next weekend, we will be away in Atlanta, uh, which we are super, super excited for. Um, got a bunch of fun plans, a bunch of other fun people who, are, who will be down for that. So it'll be good, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be awesome. And TBD about what we're doing for the show, we might have to hand it off to John to do it back here from D.C. Or we might we might might bring the stuff with us we'll uh, see <laughs> we will see uh, the other note we have here for upcoming stuff oh, in, in, in the district is spirit are in shambles and <laughs> as someone and i tried to go back and find the tweet but i was like i'm really gonna follow the spirit this year in like february and those were famous last words <laughs> yeah <now>. um, <laughs> so it's your fault <laughs> uh, i don't even know if we should be talking about the spirit on this podcast anymore love the players well, uh, the players that are vaccinated, apparently. But anyways, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. So uh, just I'm, I'm sure everyone knows. But just in case you don't, the Spirit were supposed to play today. Um, they had to forfeit that game um, due to I don't remember the, the technical words uh, that they used. Yeah, but essentially, so- there was like a COVID outbreak or they weren't following COVID protocol or um, something of that nature. I think it was all the butt back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, really unfortunate. Right. Kind of goes from bad to worse. Um, pretty shambolic. I guess a, a brighter note, maybe, depending on who you talk to, is that Ben Olsen was just uh, named president. So we will see how that goes. <laughs> and hopefully we have good spirit things to talk about in the future. DC United women coming soon to a town <laughs> near you. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, that's all I have, Sam. You good for this? Yeah, super fun. Always, I mean, I know you say it's a slog to go off to Jersey. It's always fun for me. Um, just personally, it was my uh, five-year anniversary of being friends with uh, Kevin and Lori, who gave me a little bit of nonsense yesterday for not giving them shouts on the pod ever. So I <laughs> just want to <laughs> give them a shout on the pod. Oh, um, wow. Always a fun time. If you if you can, if you feel safe, you know, those those road trips are always a lot of fun. Um, Screaming Eagles, D, uh, District Ultras combined on a bus. It was a, it was a really good time. Yeah, and uh, Wednesday we'll we'll figure out our plans. We'll we'll talk to our our our, our other friends, uh, John and Black. Uh, I, they were tied up for this one, uh, and, and and are sitting this one out. But maybe we'll we'll all be together for this next one on Wednesday. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. It'd be fun to uh, do another one live right after the game for y'all. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. No promises, but we'll try our best. Um, but we appreciate, as always, everyone listening to our shows um we really love it we love chatting with you guys in person on social media so keep it up um you've been listening to tried and true the dc united post game podcast presented by heineken